2: Here we are back in the x with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to, send me an email, xzone at com on all social media sites, Radio TV. And uh, for all the programming that we have available for you, 24-7, 365, on the x broadcast network, just go to www.xzbn.net. And for the programming of the X-Zone TV channel, which is channel number 21 on Simultv, .simultv www.simultv.com. Well, it's starting to snow here in Hamilton, and, uh, you know, Christmas is in the air. What can I say? The Halloween candies and costumes weren't put away yet, and they had the Christmas trees up, the Christmas decorations, and I think they're kind of pushing it this year, but what do I know? I love Christmas. And, in fact, it put me in the mood to send out our first Christmas cards today. My wife thinks I'm a little dingy, but I just want to beat the rush. My guest for this hour, is Pamela Kinney. She is an award-winning published author of horror, science fiction, fantasy, poetry, and a ghost wrangler of non-fiction ghost books published by Schiffer Publishing. Her horror, her horror short story, Bottled Spirits, published by BusyMag.com, was runner-up for the 2013 Small Press Award. Two of her nonfiction ghost books were nominated for Library of Virginia awards. Her latest nonfiction ghost book to be published by Schiffer Publishing, Paranormal Petersburg, Virginia, and the Tri-Cities area, will be released, and it was released in August of I think it's 2015. So joining me now is Pamela K. Kinney, and Pamela K. Kinney, welcome to the Exxon.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: So, what's it like? being uh, an author of of nonfiction, paranormal books.
3: Interesting. Uh, Well, one thing, uh, unlike writing fiction, fiction is your imagination. Mm -hmm. And that's simple. You sit behind a desk and that's it. Right. Uh, But nonfiction, you have to go out, interview people, you know, uh, who've had experiences. You also have to Mm -hmm. dig up uh, legends, truth, uh, history, when there's history connected to all that stuff. And uh, take pictures live, of course, too, and even do your own investigation kind of to add, to make it a well-rounded book. And one thing about nonfiction for me is not only have I, I learned things about pieces of history I didn't know, at least locally, mm-hmm. you know, right. stuff that's not in the books. But I also can learn some interesting legends and myths I never knew about. So,
2: Where did your interest in the paranormal come from?
3: Ever since I was young, I mean... Uh, I read all this uh, the stuff I write, but also mm-hmm. when I was a kid got re- started reading uh, Hans Holzer right and his books, so uh, that's kind of started it was interesting to me because it was like traveling around the world, but a much more interesting way as a kid, since you know mm-hmm. I was living in California time, and you know you can't travel as a kid anywhere at least that your parents go somewhere so this was a way of able to go around the world, but it was kind of an interesting way of doing it, like you know he would go to go houses haunted
2: houses and and stuff
3: like that so now
2: you you yourself have you ever had an encounter in the paranormal or with the paranormal i should say yeah can you share a lot a lot a lot share a couple with us
3: yeah well let's start with when i was younger um i probably would say the first time i i probably saw it when i was younger now that I've, i've been older you think about the the nightmares you have, like, mm-hmm. I always had a weird issue. Most kids want lights in their room. I always wanted the dark so the, the monster wouldn't find me. And I thought, well, maybe that was some kind of a couple of the shows I may have saw on TV. You know how that is. Yeah. But now I'm going to think maybe I was seeing things much more than that. And it, the one I definitely can say I saw was in the daytime. It was in San Diego in Old Town. Uh, we were, my girlfriend and I, a bunch of us, were on field trip with our class. Mm-hmm was ninth grade in spring of 69. And we had just got done eating at Taco Bell across the street. And we crossed the street and go look at through the windows of the waylay house, which is considered one of the most haunted houses in the United States. And At the time, I didn't know that. But we were looking through because we couldn't afford anything but what our parents gave them money for, for food. So we wanted to look inside the house, kind of, so we looked through the windows. Well, she was looking through the one that was the hallway. I was looking through the window that looked in on the courthouse that was in there, a courtroom, and mm-hmm. I saw this lady in this old-fashioned dress, very solid, real short, had her back hair up in a bun, walking between the, you know, the, the place, mm-hmm. went to the doorway, and I thought, oh gosh, i got to see her costume, it was really cool, so I ran around, my girlfriend had vacated that window, and I looked at through there, but she wasn't anywhere, and I had really gotten there quick, so there's no way she could have beat me and i wouldn't have seen her in there in the hallway so we saw my girlfriend says oh well look the, the door's open it, it was spring and it was warm so they had the door open. so we went in there and there were these ladies dressed in regular clothes and i said well where's the tour guide in the costume and the lady ladies goes well, we don't wear costumes well there was somebody hmm. in the courtroom in there we looked i looked through the window and she had a costume on old-fashioned dress I just wanted to look at her dress closely. And they said, well, can you describe her? So I didn't. And one of the ladies go, honey, you saw the ghost of Mrs. Whaley. Wow. So I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that. But she was as solid as any of us. Really? And that was the first time. And then my, my father passed away. He haunted the house for three days, which was interesting. I was in college at the time when mm-hmm. he did. It always, because I'm Catholic, and you go in school and you learn a catechism class, sure. oh, three days before they go to heaven or hell or wherever they go, right? Right. And I thought, it, it was when he was buried, he quit haunting. I mean, the light was going on in the bedroom where he they had taken him away from there, off mm-hmm. and on. And afterwards, my mother had somebody come there to look at it because it quit doing it, but she was worried because we don't know how to fix this stuff. There was nothing wrong with the light. Huh. Had just blinked off and on as he's for the three days.
2: I guess that was his way of saying goodbye.
3: Yeah. And my mother said she saw him too. When I came home from college, she she had fallen asleep. And I said, I saw your father. And it freaked me out a little bit there. And I go, Mom, it's dad. Why would he harm us? (laughs) True. It was like me blankly saying, you know, I don't mind. So, yeah, he was there for Mm -hmm. three days. So that was an interesting concept that he was there for the three days. Um, but after that, I've had experiences. I mean, in Paranormal Petersburg, that last book, there's five images in the book that you can see. So.
2: Now, how did you take those pictures or those images?
3: Plain old ca- uh, digital camera. It seems to work for me. It's mm-hmm. done it in other places. And uh, I've had friends say that, oh gosh, that camera really works. I still have that camera. I have a newer one that that's starting to do that too. And uh, it just, not that, and it just I don't know if it's the right time or whatever. I got uh, two of them twice. One mm-hmm. was the African American man spirit in uh, Wabi Sabi downstairs, looking through the glass door in the back. And it's not an ordinary glass door, just because uh, there's no way up. Looking through it when I was talking to the guy, taking a picture of the guy, uh, the owner. And then the other twice I got was the woman looking out of the wind back window at the um now my brain went brain dead the violet bank museum in, in a house it's a house in um colonial heights and i called her twice and the funny thing is the guy said well that we are the most haunted place here in 20 heights but it, it, it but mm-hmm. we had a door open from the place into the other room they had all the christmas stuff it's the christmas stuff so i went back a month later when they had everything gone i took the same exact place of that the picture and it's like, I'm inside you. Then I brought it up close like I did with the other one. Right. And there's nothing in the window. There's a Fun, picture wouldn't. in the window. Robert E. Lee, you can see in the in this, uh, it's a hallway going down to these steps that go down to this museum. But there's nothing in the hallway right there. So the other one has her twice looking out the window. So
2: Why do you think that there are some people who can see ghosts? where the majority of people can't?
3: I, this is my opinion. I think we all can. I I really think we all have it in us. I read somewhere once that we lost a lot of our um, awareness, Mm -hmm. unlike unlike animals, when we risen off the ground and, of course, we walk on two legs. And that might be a reason, kind of an explanation. I mean, animals use their senses to, to know things. You know, they know when there's You know, they know when there's a a tornado in the air, you know, how they act Mm -hmm. up to certain events of weather and stuff like that. And they can see things, too. All right, Pamela, Um, we've got to take our
2: break. Please stand by. Nation, Pamela Kinney is our guest. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about Pamela, her website is www.pamelakkinney.com. Dot com. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the x from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes
0: up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.
2: Pamela K. Kinney is our guest this hour. Exonation, Nation, www.pamelakkinney.com is her website. Why do some ghosts, in your opinion, stay while others, like your dad, three days after? No more haunting. And yet there are reports of residual hauntings that go back to the Civil War and beyond. How do we explain this?
3: Well, some, okay. Number one, I really have a theory that they all can come back and forth. I mean, I've had Mm -hmm. run into some that admit to me on my ghost box when I'm either doing the books or actually paranormal investigating. I do a paranormal world secrets like a reality show that actually have told me, my people with me hearing this, Mm -hmm. that they have come back and forth. And I've heard this many a times. Uh, But I think a lot of them, of course, if some pass away and they maybe the theories are if they've done bad things in their lives, Mm -hmm. you know, people have their their own little quirks that maybe they're afraid they're going to go to hell so they stay here uh some people probably have a message to tell a relative that they maybe had left something that that relative didn't know about and they wanted to let them know or something mm. uh, but i actually think a lot of them can go back and forth and i've heard this from some that's what has been verified how that they can come back and forth Oh, how, 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 how,
2: how has this been verified
3: by the ghost talking. We've asked oh, questions. I, I pose. I, I'm pretty hard. Even when I do the books, uh-huh. I'll ask them to verify things and stuff. One of them, which, which kind of made it interesting, was um, we did paranormal stick. We did a... Fort Magruder Hotel. It's in Williamsburg. It's mm-hmm. really haunted. It's an ordinary Hotel. You can go and stay in. It's 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 there. But they are, have earthworks there. Well, they have a lot of Civil War soldiers and stuff. Right. And they have a couple of modern ghosts that died there, which has been seen. But they had it. What one night? One night we were filming it was the interesting thing is as we started getting. We found out this lady ghost, and I and she had. She admitted she was not connected to the hotel. But she was connected because the next day I was there as an author guest for a, you know because I write fiction, a science fiction convention, Marscon, and she had been coming there when she was alive all the time. Well, she passed away, so she still comes back wherever the convention's at. Okay. And she there said that to us, and we're like me and my friend was like in shock, you know. Uh, I had Carol Smith with me, who um, was like she said, well that kind of made sounded good to her. She goes, well, I'm glad she that we can do that. I'm hoping, she said, my mother does this because she passed away and she never got to go to the Caribbean. So she said, maybe she gets to do this. So it's interesting to hear that this spirit is meeting; mm-hmm. it's coming back for the convention and it's not connected to the hotel.
2: Oh, okay. And so I, not I, the only
3: time. I've, had, okay. I've had others tell me this too. So. All
2: right. I need you to help me understand something and I'm sure the listeners would like to know. How do you hear this? You know, how do you know it's really a ghost talking to you and not your own belief in the paranormal that is manifesting the this thought?
3: I don't know about that. All I know is uh, I try to make sure it's not radio waves because mm-hmm. it's radio waves on your on your box. So I will ask direct questions, hoping to get direct answers. I had one where I'll ask. Um, it was a Falling Creek. Uh, ironworks, where they had all died but two children, mm-hmm. and I took a picture of the thing originally. And then, of course, I asked questions later. And this is the daytime. You can only go to this place during the daytime. It's not exactly safe for them, the the county of Chesterfield, to open it all, you know, normally because sure. of where it's at. Uh, and I, I got this something English, okay, kind of old English or mm-hmm. something. And he said his first name, and he said his last name which is on the top of that picture I took. Later, after I got done putting it on the computer, honestly, I went ahead, listened, wrote it down, because that was more important to get all that written down for the book. Then later, I went to look at the picture to see if this name, because I wrote down the first one. I think it was Peter Bunt. He was on the top of the thing. I asked him, um, I'll have one where uh, another spirit was actually with Paranormal World Seekers. We did a moose lodge here. And we had a walkthrough, and we got this name Red. Well, we mm-hmm. mentioned that, and the people that had gotten me in there, of course, they didn't know who Red was. They, And they were saying something when this man walked in that, that they knew was part of the Moose Lodge. And the guy said, what are you talking about, Red? And uh woman said, well, um, well, I'm, it's, it's it came up with the ghost thing and on the box, and we don't know who Red is. We knew the woman that they had on the box. I said that was the mother of the one of the work, people that worked that was the Moose Lodge person who had passed away. She's totally uh-huh. haunting the place, but we don't know who Red is. He said, "Oh, Red, yeah. He and I joined this Moose Lodge when it first opened up in 1960. After you know, it was just that was just after it had been the building had been a uh, general store, and the people had passed away, the owners, so they became a Moose Lodge. He and Red were one of the few first jo- people that joined the Moose Lodge." And he said, and Red passed away a few years ago. And he mentioned his, of course, the guys real name that, but that's his nickname, Mm -hmm. Red. And it was like, we, we got this from them. They were like shocked, too. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is a, you know, verification that there is something. And I didn't know who Red was. They didn't know who Red was. The guy wasn't there. So I don't know how to explain that.
2: I don't know, but you keep making reference to a box. You you ask the box. What kind of box is it? a ghost these?
3: box. They call it a ghost box. Mm-hmm. It's a radio, then modified. Um, I bought one off through uh, another apparel in through eBay because originally when one I had, I was going to have my husband do, you can go on uh, YouTube and get it done with Radio Shack. They say at that time, oh, they know everything. Well, they don't. The guy gave me the wrong kind. So I had to. Return it in, mm-hmm. but I bought one off eBay. Not that much more, and it was all already modified. And it's been working for me. I've had people hear things. I've had Pretty people sure. change their mind after hearing that mm-hmm. stuff. So, is it me? Might be. Is it the bot? I don't know. So but what? I, I I do try to ask. I do ask direct questions. I like them to prove that they're not the, the scanning waves to prove me who they are.
2: Why do you think people want to believe in the paranormal? What what is the significance of finding out if these really are ghosts? And once it's established that these are ghosts, what happens then?
3: Well, that's probably saying that a lot of us don't want, want to know that there's something beyond that once you die that you're not just that's it.
2: Yeah.
3: You know that there's got to be something more. I mean, why really? are we standing around? How are, I don't, there's no explanation. How are we made and stuff, and how do we become here? And since since the time we're mortal, I mean things like that. So it's a proof that maybe that once we die, there's there's something more.
2: But let, let us say that it is proven that ghosts are real. Okay, what happens then? What mm-hmm. happens to the multi-billion-dollar industry that has now popped up, thanks to the ghost industry, the paranormal industry? Does that cease?
3: I don't think so. I think there will always be new challenges. I don't, and I don't know how far, how how much we'll be able to prove mm. at this point. You need scientists, and we have some scientists, but not everybody is the real scientist. That's what we need. Like more, you know. I would, to me, logically, it will be a long time. I think before we can actually prove, and it may be a very long time.
2: But you—I really, don't
3: know. do but you really it, think
2: it'll be? But for it, me,
3: it's good. It's for me. It's good to get some kind of verification of something.
2: But how can you call it verification if it hasn't been proven to be what you think it is?
3: Uh, well. It's up to the individual. It's just that so I have a feeling that gotcha. something is giving me names that mm-hmm. weren't something I knew about before. That's all I can say.
2: It's, so, so it's a matter of belief.
3: I hope so. Belief, yeah.
2: Yeah. Why do you know... Um,
3: like any, it's it's like ahead. everything else. It's a matter of belief in anything, if you think about it.
2: Well, some things are provable that you believe in. Other but, things but, but aren't.
3: Everything was, but everything at some point was never provable either, so...
2: But the paranormal's been investigated now for hundreds of years, and still we're no further ahead.
3: No, I don't think we will be for a while, for... Yeah. You still need the real scientists once we get, maybe if we get real scientists are willing to do this. We do have some. I mean, there are what you call real investigators. I have a friend, as I said, real investigator. Those are the ones that were parapsychologists that go to college who learn. And, and it is connected with the mind psychology mm-hmm. because you have to take psychology to become a parapsychologist. But there, are no, ideas but there are
2: no there. universities or colleges in the United States that offer a parapsychology course. Yes, they do. Where?
3: There are some uh, up here in uh, Charlottesville. The um, the, the, uh, the college up there, does, the University there, does they have actual par- parapsychologists working there, really? uh, and uh, that most of them, what they're studying at this point, are a lot to do with the psychic mind too. Mm.
2: Why? So, why should so it be a, a? Why should it be a scientist? Why not a doctor? Because the doctor, in my opinion, has more knowledge about the working of the human anatomy and its possibilities and impossibilities. And yet, paranormal community wants, it, to, wants to kind of stay away from the doctor and head over towards the scientist. And the scientist is saying, hey, I want no part but, of but,
3: this. But the doctor is a scientist. He does biology. Uh-huh. And then there's doctors, a psychologist. Mm-hmm. They had to take biology, too, doctoring. A psychiatrist so you're, you're does. You're still but talking not. about scientific stuff. Seriously, think about it. You're still talking scientific. It's a lot of years that someone goes to school to become Mm -hmm. a doctor. And then uh, for psychologists, even the parapsychologists, they have to basically have some basics of what a doctor knows, the body. So you're still talking uh, scientific stuff.
2: We've got to take our break for the news, so please stand by. ExoNation, we're going to return talking about the paranormal. With our guest this hour, Pamela K. Kinney, and her website is pamela PamelaKKinney.com. The X Chronicles newspaper for the month of uh, November, December is now available at XChroniclesNewspaper.com. And if you'd like to read my scathing op-ed today, visit our Facebook page. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in.
2: Welcome back. Uh, Pamela Kinney is our guest this hour. PamelaKKinney.com is her website. And Pamela, in your opinion, where is the most haunted place when we talk about the uh, Tri-Cities area?
3: Um, Gosh. I would say any part of it. At least this is what uh, uh, a local historian that worked there at the Historical Society down Mm -hmm. there had told me once that any part of the old part of downtown Petersburg, which is the original part uh, Has he's actually had a story for every building and most of the street area. So probably any part. Um,
2: but, based, but based really,
3: on your... uh, can also, I think he's he's honestly true about that.
2: But I'm, I'm asking you as the author of the book based on the research you did, where's the most haunted?
3: Gosh, I've had an experience at a lot of the spots, hmm. um, Definitely the Bistro Restaurant, which is now closed, sadly. Uh, last thing I heard, he had cancer, so I'm not sure if he passed away or not himself. But his place had a lot of spirits. Uh, from the, uh, There was the Dancing Ghost, which is from the 1800s that other investigators caught and we had experiences with, I, um, plus modern the modern spirits, like a friend of his that had passed away that smoked marijuana. She had a lot of things happening in there. Um, honestly, also, it's no longer owned by the guy that own, owns it. Mm-hmm. Somebody else bought it. He, but the what used to be the um, place where actually Edgar and Poe had his honeymoon. There's a building there. It's um, it, uh, and his and there's three floors. And on the top two floors, the second floor where Poe was, and then the third floor. It's it's quite a few quite a few spirits. We didn't have any experience. With, I didn't have anything to do with Poe or Virginia coming out of my, my ghost box or anything else I could get a hold of, EVPs and that. But I did get a hold uh, a Frenchman, and, he, you know, he was French. He said, because I asked him, I said, please tell me, uh, some kind of prove me, say something to me in French. And he did say we oui on the box. So that's all I could say. But there was a Frenchman that had owned the building before. Uh, Poe's friend that owned it had committed suicide uh he haunts there and then on the second floor is a were a lot of soldiers and and a nurse haunts that was cuz it was part of one of the um hospitals during mm-hmm. the siege
2: now so th- since high. the entire city went through a lot the original city are are there ghosts to be found walking the streets at any time of the day or the night as well
3: some people say they've seen things
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh mm-hmm. i know that um in the buildings, there's uh-huh. quite a few. Also, Wabi Sabi has, like I said, the African-American mm-hmm. that I had. Plus, I got gotten a child. There was a woman. There's quite a few upstairs. It's actually apartments. The In the old town, the buildings below usually are restaurants or places like that, uh, businesses. The second and third floors are usually apartments, mm. a lot of it. So they're separate. You can even find back. So some of the apartments, I've heard stories like in uh, Wabi Sabi above it. Uh, there's been a lot of experiences up there. Because this used to be not only, the, um, it was a house of prostitution at one point, the whole building. So they had a lot of people talk about uh, prostituting women a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been um, quite a few other things on the on the things. Same with the whole street, the whole street um was the whole street of red light district, and an interesting thing is, I think they can cross as the down the street a week, year later. I had a book signing a friend had set up for me at her place, and we did a, a ghost, my ghost box see if anything would come, and uh, it was obvious that we got the African American guy that was in my pictures, and that I got at Wabi Sabi was there, and he. Said it was him. We'll take it on out, out whatever you can say. Take it on of fact or not, but obviously he went down the street to actually communicate through that to me a year later. So that was interesting to me. Let it's me
2: cool. let me ask you a question. Whole, Hold on here. Let me ask you a question. You do use your 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 ghost box and you hear the ghost in real time answering your questions, right?
3: Generally, and what I do is I not only do I a lot of them hear here, if they're really mm-hmm. loud. They'll be loud. Yeah. I also record it. Okay. I record it like I do EVP okay, because you want to make sure you're not missing anything. All right, I now go here, here's, my I here's my question. Here's
2: my question. Okay. If on a ghost box you can hear the reply right away, okay, why can't you hear the response right away when you're doing an EVP using a digital or analog recorder?
3: Sometimes... Ideally, you can hear things. We've heard voices. Mm. Another thing with the recorder that people use is to make sure you actually thought you heard something. Did you hear it? You hear it with your ears. I've I've been on investigations with nothing to do with the book, but just for fun with places where we'll hear something. And if we prove it by getting on the EVP, and you can bring it. You can actually turn on your recorder right then and there and listen back. I mean, it's, it's very logical. I also like to take it home and listen on the recorder on my my computer with earphones to make sure I really hear everything right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've heard the same thing will be on the recording, too. So sometimes you can't. I I have no explanation. If there's a a problem for them to communicate all the way through to you, if there's what it is, uh, like I said, that's probably something, I guess, people would have to, you need scientists to think better for them. I, I like science, but I'm, I'm not a scientist and, and can figure maybe there's a, a reason why. But, but, yeah, I've had heard things, too, besides. Sometimes I'll hear something without a recording on at the time, too. So,
2: Do you think that women are more susceptible to the paranormal than men are? No. No? I don't think there's a difference. And do you think or or do you just do your paranormal investigations during the nighttime or do you also do paranormal investigations in the day?
3: I've done it during the day.
2: And the... I don't think
3: there's a difference. I've gotten my pictures mm-hmm. in that book a lot of it during the day.
2: Really? What does your husband Those think of uh, are... what does your husband think of your paranormal activity, investigation authorship and so on?
3: It doesn't bother him. No and he's, he's, he's pretty supporting. So, you know, he's a very supporting man. And I'm, you know,
2: Does he go along support with him? him
3: and his things? He's, huh?
2: Does he Has go he along gone with
3: me? Yeah. Some things. Yeah. Lately he's been doing some investigations with us, but, uh, uh, but he's been with me in my books. If I, if I go somewhere, he'll mm-hmm. do it too. So depends. He'll, he doesn't investigate per se, you know, but he'll be there. Or if I took like, uh, I did another book uh, for Williamsburg, and there was a thing where I was taking a tour of the house. He held my recorder for the lady to, uh, you know, talk, was talking at the time of the tour, and I went and take pictures of and, him, and, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's there with me. He supports me.
2: Um, I was just looking at my clock here. What does it take to be a paranormal investigator? What kind of person should you know, decide whether or not they want to do this? And, and how do they learn how to do it?
3: Uh, well, uh, there's a lot of places online. You can watch others. You could probably take, uh, for those that want to learn or mm-hmm. see how it's done, they probably could take, there's a lot of places now, these uh, places that museums will have tours, and they'll actually have equipment. So you could go along and probably handle it with their equipment and learn some stuff from that, from there, to see if you really probably like it to begin with, I mean, or if it doesn't frighten you or anything. Number one, I really don't think you should be scared. If you're gonna be scared, I mean, it's defeat trying to be logical about the thing. If you're scared, it's not gonna do you any good. Well, if somebody's dead, how can they hurt you?
2: You know, if somebody is dead, how can they hurt you? Well, the hurting
3: part, but I meant the logical stuff. The thing that you see a shadow, it freaks them out all of a sudden. I've had done that, I've seen people do that. But, uh, I would suggest take a tour like one of the museums that do that, mm-hmm. and then see if you really like doing it to begin with anyway. uh then you slowly learn things about the equipment you got All you need anyway is a camera, maybe a recorder, paper and a pen, you know to watch down if you want uh your uh, either a felt your cell phone or a radio, do you have other people with you. Uh, you don't have to have anything expensive to do that, and I would of course follow the rules. I mean, I mm-hmm. you would should never go investigating in places that without permission. If it's unless it's, if you go into a park, say there's a park. And you walk down the trail, and you do it during the day with a friend. That's fine, but to go to a place that wouldn't let you in at, like, cemeteries at night, yeah. sneaking in and stuff. Some people, you hear stories enough about that. Well, yeah, no, no, you know, there would, there are enough stories. That, there
2: are enough stories now in the news where people are getting arrested and charged with trespassing, breaking and entering. You know, and and law enforcement has had enough of the so-called paranormal investigator. Thinking that they're above the law and a lot of these paranormal investigators are finding themselves in jail and in court, which I think is great.
3: That's what they should be yep. because they should not do anything against, you shouldn't go anywhere yeah. you're not. Pollster.
2: That's right. You and I have to take our final break. Uh, Pamela, please stand by. Exonation. Pamela Kinney is our special guest. And if you'd like to find out more about Pamela, her website is Kinney. Dot com. That's www.pamelakkinney.com. And uh, we'll be back wrapping up this hour here in the Exome from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back. Pamela K. Kinney is our special guest, and uh, she is the author of a new book that is being published by our good friends at Schiffer Publishing. Paranormal, Petersburg, Virginia, and the Tri-Cities area. Her website, once again, is PamelaKKinney.com. Pamela, what is the hardest part of being a paranormal author?
3: Hardest part? Yep. I, I would think probably, you know, having to get all that stuff put together, but it's probably the easiest book to write. I, I tell you, fiction's harder because you got to go through a lot to get all that done more than that. Right? Basically, it's... The hardest part is going to interview people, mm-hmm. getting it pictures taken, all that stuff, and then putting it together because it's a little bit done differently than writing fiction too and uh, putting things in captions and stuff. But it does go faster too, which is kind of interesting. But it, it's the writing part probably because it's a little bit harder. Like I said, once you get all that stuff, you have to do different things with captions and hmm Just totally written differently than fiction. Fiction, simple. It's all, you know, straight laid down and, and all, all word and you got it written and that's it.
2: Now you're with an established publishing house, uh, Schiffer. But there are so many paranormal authors out there who are just using self-publishing as a as a method to get their book out there, and then they, like Schiffer, put the books up on up on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and so on. How has the the uh, self-published industry affected an author like yourself who is with a mainstream uh, publishing
3: house? Well, there's a lot more people mm-hmm. out there. And I don't stop authors cuz actually I've self-published with a a novel, so I mean, I have mostly publisher published books right. from publishers, but I actually have a self-published novel too. Uh, and I, I think all authors should have a chance to make where they can money, um, which is on, only on the author's side. Uh, it's just a lot more than it's been. And I think that's competition is stiffer, that's all, for anything. I, I remember, because I'm old enough, when books were only so many books, you got out a year, mm-hmm. and now you see so many, like a, 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 I would say a stampede of them is a the word. But uh, it's just competition. This makes you work harder when you have to promote any of your books anyway. So, uh, according
2: to one of the latest uh, statistics that that my producer just uh, sent me on our computer screen here in the studio, 30,000 new books hit the market globally each and every month. 30,000 books.
3: Yep. A lot of people want to write. Some are not that good. Mm-hmm. I've read some. I'm going, nobody needed to edit or published or they should have hired an editor sure you know and uh, some are very good and you know it's just like anything else you have to promote it's the world has changed everybody has to promote now you know uh, i mean you know paranormal is a popular subject anyway not just in in uh, ghost books but what's that paranormal fiction yeah you know so
2: it's it's a cash cow industry right now right so how does you know like with all the all the different genres within the paranormal itself, you've got Bigfoot, you've got Loch Ness monster, you've got psychic phenomenon, you've got parapsychology, you've got ghost hunting, alien abduction, and so on. When somebody is saying that the book is nonfiction, how is the reader to gauge whether or not the content is really nonfiction?
3: Well, number one, they're, they're probably for mine anyway. Mm-hmm. There's interviews in it. There won't be interviews in fiction books. So,
2: but if, Obviously, if, it's if, a if there's an story. if there's an unscrupulous author out there who makes up interviews and publishes the, publish, publishes them as as nonfiction, who would ever know the difference?
3: Oh, hopefully you, you tell people to train them right. At least I try to tell people when they ask me. I've had people ask me mm-hmm. so what's the difference, you know, I said, well, mine, I said, the only difference between a ghost book and, and the fiction, the fiction's all made up, there's no way, I mean, uh, there is made up stuff in it, you talk about legends, who know who started the legends, Right. because that's in the history books, and then, but there's history in it, I said, and it's more history than, if I wrote fiction, if I put as much history as I put in my ghost books, in my fiction, that, that would be called, what's the word, um, when you're over Teaching people too much—you they don't. You only can sprinkle things through your book. If something's got to be in there, not that much, uh, but you have to give the history if it's part of the of the of the chapter. You know, say the house is haunted, but it's also sure. historical. And I try to put the history in it for the people that want to know the history part. Would, so I try to get everything from the people.
2: Would you say that? So that that. Would you say that a greater part of a paranormal investigator is actually a historian?
3: I would say so, yeah. It's interesting. To me, it's history. Uh, Only reason when I do paranormal investigating, sometimes I like to ask questions Mm -hmm. that nobody else thinks about. Sometimes uh, when I did, uh, I was at um, the battlefield in Petersburg, and I asked the ghost on my ghost box. I thought, well, Todd, did you like hardtack? I mean, I try to think, well, let's make this realistically. Let's let people know how this will make this real history, even for me. I mean, you you can learn in the books, in the history books, the dried stuff, you know, but what were the people like? Mm -hmm. How did they like something? Did they like something to eat? Did they like this? Who was their girlfriend's names? Did they have girlfriends? What was their names? Uh, I I try to ask things like that, see if I can get anything to know the personal part of history. And in a way, I can add that. That's my investigation part. I add in the history, history that we know from the historians of each place that give me that. But the rest of it is for me asking the ghost, what is, you know, did you like Hartek? Did you have a girlfriend? You passed away, where is she from? You're a Northern soldier? What was her name and all that stuff? So I try to get things like that that I thought it would interest me anyway. So if I write the books, I also write it for myself, how I would love to read, you know, but hoping that maybe other people would like to know that too, so. What was
2: the coolest yeah,
3: it's it's kind of you're you're kind of a historian in a way. Sure. You should be anyway. What was the
2: coolest paranormal activity that you encountered during your book?
3: During my book. Oh yeah. gosh, let me think. well, the coolest actually is uh Parker's Battery. Every time I go back there, it's here in Chester. I I live here. Mhm. And I did it for the book twice. once we had a weird happening one year, it was before I' thought to write the book. so it's in there. and I, my my recorder my my ghost books on my recorder didn't record. nothing happened on my end, which is really weird. There was nothing wrong. but and the following year I went back. that's when I got a picture too. was a figure plus other stuff. Another thing, with the same place, going mm-hmm. back this year, my a friend and I decided we needed a break. we both writers. She writes fiction, too. And she had just gotten done with hers. I got done with mine. I said, we need a break. I said, let's just go do this and go to Parker's Battery and just walk down the trail and see what we get. And I had this little uh, digital camcorder. And at the time, I noticed after we walked through it, it had turned off. And I said, well, I didn't touch it. So we went back through and did it again, turned it on. And I went home and uploaded it. And the first part, I found out what happened, what I had went through, and I'm asking questions like, um, you can uh, sh- um, talk to me on this recorder. It's a recorder-like, but it's a cam camera. You can show yourself to me if you want. And the next moment, I got this real loud, and it's really loud in it. No male voice. And there was no men there at the time, just me and her at the time, so... It was too hot a day for anybody else, but uh, two idiots to be out there, but we wanted to have this break, so we did it. But, yeah, it was caught on my So that place is like the coolest thing that every year I come back, it seems like even when it's not a, a time of when they have the battle, mm-hmm. that there's something in that little spot. It's just a little battery. It's all it is.
2: Do you think the ghosts actually form a relationship with you?
3: Some know, um, back at Fort Magruder, when I stayed there for the Mars Con, every year they had me do a ghost uh, tour, they mm-hmm. call it, or investigation with some people from the convention. That was part of one of my things I got to do as a guest. And every year on my box, I would hear the same male voice, the when I called. him, He would say, Hi, Pam. Hi, Pamela. Every year. So we're right off the bat. And I said, oh, it's my northern soldier. That's what I call it my northern soldier. He's a northern soldier. That's why I talked about asking them for their names of girlfriends and stuff to see if you can get any real reality here. And he would sit, had said his girlfriend's name at the time was Cynthia back then and all that. He said every year he would say, it. I'll that I come out of my box. Hi, hmm. Pam.
2: Uh, is uh, is ghost activity more active in it, uh, in the summer, in the winter, in the spring, or in the fall?
3: It depends i don't i think it's active anytime but some places um edgewood plantation i did it for another book she said that when i went there to interview her i didn't get anything mm. that year that, that september she said she always said her area her her house it happens better in the winter for them and i had been back there for with uh just for fun with the group and they had a thing set up on new year's eve and I got ghost dogs and a picture and everything else. So things did happen more. So she was right winner for them. So it depends on the place, so, you know, I mean. Sure. But a lot, uh, to me, I, I don't think there's any difference to me, uh, you know.
2: All right, Pam, we have but to say place- so long for tonight. I want to thank you for joining us. And Exo Nation, once again, if you'd like to find out more about our guest this hour, Pamela K. Kenny. her website is www.pamelakkinney.com. And if you're walking the streets of, where where was she, Petersburg, Virginia, and you see this little lady walking around, talking to a ghost box, say, hi, Pamela. I don't know anymore, really, I really don't know. Am I a skeptic? Yeah. Am I a believer? I want to be. Do I think I'll ever get the proof or evidence to allow me to take a serious look at the feasibility or the possibility that ghosts are real? I don't think so. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.